Hey guys, welcome to the Double Leg Takedown Podcast this week, episode 10. We're going to be talking about some news. Uh, Dan's out this week. He had to work this weekend, so I'm trying to fill in for, for him. And with me this week, I got Tony Sneed. Hey, hey guys, what's up? Long time. And uh, back with us again, Jordan Gilreath. What's up? You guys watched any uh, cool UFC videos or heard anything like that on, on the internets? I've watched... Uh... Have you guys watched the Dana White YouTube series? No, uh, I saw something about it on uh, TV, but I haven't watched any of it. Yeah, that's pretty funny. You should check that out. Uh, it's got uh, some of the guys from the earlier episodes are already in the UFC that he signed from going to those small promotions. So it's pretty mm-hmm. cool. But a lot of it, it's almost uh, kind of reality TV. There's probably like seven minutes of them at a at a fight event and 20 minutes of them screwing around in whatever state they're in so yeah i haven't had time to watch that i've been watching the oj stuff by espn and scintillating stuff it is uh i just finished all five episodes the other day and it was pretty amazing and it was weird because it's like i shouldn't feel bad for this guy but you kind of do yeah it's i i felt that way too kind of but it I stopped myself really quickly. I'm like, this guy is a murdering psycho. (laughs) But anyway, uh, we're going to get into some news. Uh, First thing on the block today, uh, finally, CM Punk books a fight against Mickey Gall for UFC 203 um, in September. What do you guys think about this? I mean, you hit the nail on the head, Rock. That's that's the only way you can really describe it is... Finally, um, you know, he was signed in December of 2014 and he just, you know, time to train, time to heal from surgery and, and things like that. It's it's just about time. And you just hope that this fight is able to go through and there's not a setback from, you know, from Punk's camp or even Gall's camp. And it was funny because it was announced on UFC Unfiltered, this, this show that uh, Matt Sarah and Jim Norton are doing and you know Punk came across like a you know humble guy you know he's coming obviously he's coming from the professional wrestling world so he's got a little showman in him but it was it was just a cool interview to see because he stripped away you know he, he seems more humble about it he talked about how the UFC I was thinking the UFC was going to give him just a tomato can to, to beat around and boost him up and stuff. But, you know, he said Mickey Gall's not not that guy. He's got a lot of fight experience. And it's just one of those things. I'm glad that's going to happen. Win or lose. It's honestly, it's on uh, the fight card with the heavyweight championship with Overeem and, and Miocic. And it's overshadowing that heavyweight title fight. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure what Phil Brooks's chance is to be successful in the UFC, but they're definitely setting him up for success. I think uh, Jordan. Uh, That's probably why it took so long to make a fight, right? I mean, it's probably a big part of it because the first one's going to be the most important. If he goes in there and, and gets completely, you know, dominated, he's not going to have a very long-lasting career in the UFC. So mm. making the right fight was probably 
a big reason why it took so long, in my opinion. And that's fair. I, honestly, I think it's just a part of that, and I think it's part of because he just, as far as technique goes, I don't think he was prepared. That's just my opinion. But we'll see how it goes. I'm excited to see what he looks like in the ring. A big part of me has this thing where I think that he's just going to go in there and stink it up and it's going to be over with. But I hope that's not the case. And it's going to be a huge radio or a huge pay-per-view buy because people are going to hate watch this fight. You're going to have, because, you know, some of the people listening, um, may, you know, maybe professional wrestling fans, but he left the WWE on a pretty sour note. And once all the news came out that, you know, he just walked out one day, uh, a fair amount of wrestling fans are just like, I, this guy's, pardon the language, he's a douche. And, I, you know, I hope he, you know, loses every all of his fights. So I think that, you know, once again, win or lose, it's going to be a huge pay-per-view buy for the UFC. And a lot of that's going to come from people who hate watching. And, you know, like, like you guys said, I don't know what his chances are because he's one notch above being an amateur going against a professional and Mickey Gall. So, you know, I'm just, I'm just excited to see what happens in September. Yeah, uh, I am too. And this, this is the thing with, with Phil Brooks, AKA CM Punk. I'm just really glad they didn't put him as a main event or co-main event because it wouldn't surprise me. Well, maybe, I mean, they haven't announced, they haven't set the entire fight card. It's, Obviously, it's going to be on the main show, but it possibly could be a a main event or a co-main event. Well, I'm looking at Verdum and Ben Rothwell as the co here on Chair Dog, um, so I, I think I think that's kind of set now. But it's showing Phil Brooks and Mickey Gall at the the third fight. Mm. But anyway, uh, moving on from that, uh, as everybody knows, Rory McDonald lost the decision to. Uh, Steven Thompson uh, last week. After this fight, he is officially a free agent. Uh, discussions and negotiations broke down between his camp and the UFC, and he said that he's just going to be a, a free agent and see what happens. Um, where, what do you guys think about this? Do you think he stays in the UFC, or does Bellator find money somewhere and pay him just so much money that he can't ignore it? I don't know that he's that big of a draw to get a huge amount of money. I mean, he's going to be like a lot of these guys that left the UFC where Dana, you know, pretty much advertises that they got beat by everybody in the UFC. So they had to go somewhere else and that's not going to be a very good sell. I don't think, I, I don't understand why he would want to be anywhere other than the UFC. Bell, I mean, Bellator, they obviously they got a sweet setup with having their contract with Spike TV. So they're, well, they've got, a lot of money. Scott Coker has a lot of money to play with. Um, obviously, he doesn't have UFC money, but you know, Spike's putting a lot of faith behind the company and putting a lot behind Scott Coker. And they've already pulled uh, Benson Henderson. And yeah, Rory McDonald's not a draw, but he's—I feel like he's enough of a name that Bellator is starting to sneak up and, and get some of these guys that that the UFC 
might not have a place for anymore. I mean, Rory, he can consistently be a top six or seven guy in, in the division, but I don't know if he'll ever just break through and get that get that um, that title win that he wants. In Bellator, he can he can get that. He can win the 170 pound title, and you know maybe that's what he's looking. For. Maybe that's what he's looking to do is just like, well, if I can't win it here, let me go over here, and he can honestly probably get more money from Bellator simply because they don't have that stupid Reebok contract deal going on. And, you know, he, and he's, he's only, he's real young. He's only 26. So even if he signs a three or four fight contract with Bellator, you know, he can always come back to the UFC and do whatever he has to do there. Yeah. I, th- I think it's likely that, that this is a possible power play from McDonald to try to, incite the UFC to bring some more money to the table but is there any chance that Dana White calls McDonald's He's not bluff? that valuable, you know? Well, he's yeah. he's a top he's a top 5 fighter in a division and he's a name. So I mean, is there any chance that that Dana White calls his bluff and lets him walk? I think that's exactly what I would do if I was Dana White. I think yeah, and I, I mean, Dana's ego is is so huge. He's not going to let someone like Rory McDonald try to bully him around. You know, Dana does the bullying, not the other way around. So, and and honestly, can, can any of us say that the welterweight division is going to go down the tubes because Rory McDonald isn't part of that division anymore? So... You know, if if Dana lets him go, I feel like it's just Dana saying, you know what, the UFC has been here for twenty plus years without you. It's going to be here a lot longer after you leave, Roy McDonald. So, you know, God bless you, and let the door hit you on the way out. There's and, only and I, probably a couple of people, fighters in the UFC, that he would actually make an extra effort for. In reality, I mean, like Connor, or John Jones. That's probably yeah somebody like that. That's about as far as it's going to go, though. I think. Yeah, I, I completely agree, and I agree with you as well, Jordan. It's Rory McDonald isn't the name. He, I mean, he has a name, obviously, to to UFC fans. People know who he is, but to the the casual fan or someone who you know who the UFC's trying to pull in, Rory McDonald isn't a big enough name for them to care about. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you guys. I I think that there's Rory McDonald is not the type of of draw that can just you know pave his own way as far as or as far as finances goes. Um, like you said, there's only probably two, possibly three names. Um, the two that you mentioned, I, I don't, I didn't hear you guys name Rousey, but I think she's probably in there too. But I'm curious to see what happens with this. I'd like to see Rory stay. Um, even though I've been kind of a hater, everybody knows how I feel about him. It's just like we mentioned last week on the podcast. It's not that I dislike him. It's just I'm frustrated with him because he has all the tools and he just can't put it together. I think it's mental and I'd like to see him stick around the UFC because that's where the best fighters in the world are and see what happens as he gets a little bit older. I mean, he's still just 26 
And I, I think moving to a different company like Bellator could really hurt his career as far as his fighting progression goes. Well, yeah, and, you know, it's it's not like he's losing to – it's like you guys discussed last week. It's not like he's losing to a bunch of scrubs. His The people that he's lost to are extremely talented fighters. I mean, twice to the current champion, twice to – or, you know, to – the, the current champion of Robbie Lawler, obviously the one boy Thompson and Carlos Condon was his first loss. So it's not like he's losing to nobody, but I, it's just getting back to that. He's a talented fighter, but he's not knocking people out. So he doesn't have that highlight reel. Basically he doesn't have that name to pave his own way. Like you guys said, let me play devil's advocate just for a second. And say, yeah, Rory is not the name that some of the other fighters are. But one could argue that because the stable is not, the stable of fighters isn't as strong as it used to be, you know, five, six, seven years ago, um, that the UFC can't afford to lose a name like Rory McDonald or can't afford to lose someone that can compete on that elite level to a rival company. I mean, I guess, but he's so middle of the field that it's he won't be missed, I don't think. Middle yeah. of the field, the guy is the number two contender in the world for the welterweight championship. I mean, we're not talking about Gunnar Nelson here. I don't know. I just don't – He, I, I've said it a thousand times. I don't think Robbie Lawler is an amazing – you know, it's just completely opinionated. But for me, that division's weak. I disagree. I think it's one of the strongest divisions in the UFC right now, top to yeah. bottom. I mean, let, I, okay, let's go down the list. I mean, it's not the middleweight division, but I think it's a pretty, it's a pretty great. It's one, it's, it's one of the top two or three divisions, uh, stacked wise. Okay, what that the UFC has? What is the best division in in your guys' opinion? Middleweight. No way. Yeah, I would disagree with that. No, I, it's. Go ahead. Middleweight, maybe like, to me the top, the top three divisions is in no particular order: lightweight, middleweight, welterweight. Like, I feel like those are the best three. Dude, you're leaving out featherweight. Yeah, yeah, featherweight's the best. Eh. I mean, uh, top five strong featherweight has it hands down. Top to bottom, as far as the top fifteen goes, it's going to be middleweight or welterweight. I think. I mean, you've got. Kev, Kelvin Gastelum at number 12 in welterweight. You've got Rick Story at number 9, Matt Brown, Neil Magny, Johnny Hendricks, Carlos Condit. That That's 5-2 to, to 12 in, in welterweight. Like, I'm not saying that it's top-heavy, but top 15. I mean, you got Tiago Alves and Donald Cerrone at 14 and 15 at welterweight. I mean, I guess maybe I'm being a little too critical. I just never saw anything from McDonald that impressed me enough to I don't know, to give him that much credit. Well, I know we're getting off on a rabbit trail, but and, that's what and we do. on top of that, I said it before, Lawler's been around forever. And once the title was vacated, it's like he just kind of stepped in. And, I don't know. I just, I, I don't buy it, man. Well, that kind of leads into the next thing, the welterweight division. There's been a lot of rumblings that GSP wants to make a comeback. And he was the welterweight champion and stepped down. Uh, when he retired several years ago. But now he wants to come back. He's mentioned 
Michael Bisbing as a possible return opponent. What do you guys think about that matchup? I think if he fights Bisbing, it shows that he's a coward, that he wouldn't fight Anderson all those years ago. He wouldn't move up weight. But now that it's Bisping, he wants to do that. That that's ridiculous to me. I think that if he fights Bisping, I mean that's I I don't know if it's a I, I don't know if I go as strong to say it's a, you know a coward move, but I mean Well are, I'm are talking talk- about because they he wouldn't ever move up to make the Silva fight. But that's, now that, that now that Silva it's not Silva, it's Bisping, he's okay to move up. I mean that's ridiculous. If he if he had any if if he had any like if he cared about the fans at all, he would have made that fight back then. That's that's true. Uh, I mean, with if this is this being fight goes down, is it a title fight? Is it? I mean, how does this work out? If it's a title fight, then that is completely ridiculous. And what that does is that shows to the other middleweights that you know. The UFC is showing the other middleweights that you guys don't matter. You don't have the name. GSP has the name. I don't think would do that, though. H- have they ever done that before? Well, They may have, but the, I'm, I'm asking. They gave Brock Lesnar a title shot after going one and one Yeah, yeah, but he actually fought once before is what I'm saying. They've never just had somebody come in and straight to the title shot. Well, I mean, I, I agree with that. I mean, yeah, Lesnar did fight once, but you got to remember, GSP... I mean, is GSP. There's never been a GSP. Yeah. I mean, he's one of the most dominant fighters in the history of the UFC. And for him, I don't think it's that big of a of a stretch to for him to walk in off the street into a championship uh, fight, considering how he went out. Do I think it's fair? No, I don't. But do I think do the think UFC will do it? Yeah. I mean, you think it's, it's a smart move though for him. For GSP. Yeah. Being out for that long, well, well, you're asking the wrong person because I I don't think Michael Bisping is that great of a champion. Oh my God, Michael Bisping's the greatest fighter that ever existed, and you know it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's is it smart for GSP to take that fight? I mean, he his ground game is still is even close to the level that it was when he left, then yeah, because he'll just lay on him for 25 minutes and and get the title. But and it's, This being's a lot bigger than him, man. Yeah, I, I mean, he, he is bigger, but I mean, GSP is freakishly strong. I mean, that's... He's never fought anybody that's that big, though. I mean, well, that's why... I'm, I mean, that's scary. He's going into an area he's never been in before where he's not the... He's not going to be able to physically dominate because of the weight as i mean he could but you know you would think that it wouldn't be as big of a factor and he hasn't fought in forever i just don't think that would be very smart well you've got to remember when gsp retired he was you know in his very early 30s but tom didn't stop because he retired he's now 35 years old yeah, and that's even more of a reason why. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, but I'm just I'm just thinking of it as a, a father time thing, not as it's taking a toll on him. But he wants to hold another belt. I don't know if he feels like he ha- can afford the time to take a warm up fight and then fight Bisbing and then go, drop back down to welterweight and try to take that belt. So I don't know what his plans are, but just 
kind of outside looking in, it looks like because he's so quick to come back against Bisming that he wants a championship fight, that he wants the belts. And, you know, at 35, if he takes a warm-up fight and then fights Bisming and then drops down to welterweight and fights Robbie Lawler, that's three fights. That's going to be at least two years. So I think Bisping would beat him. I mean it. Well, since we're on the subject, what do you think, Tony? Who wins that fight? Uh, I mean, there's just so many factors. I mean, like I said. Somebody's got a gun to your head right now, and you got to say one or the other. Uh, I think this thing would be able to take it. But I think with a few months of training – I, I, I would I, I think GSP would take the take the fight just because at 170 he was stupidly strong. He packs on 15 pounds of of muscle. I don't think that there's that I don't think there's one person that he wouldn't be able to keep down as far as from the 185 pound division. But I don't know why he's wanting to go after Bisping. I feel like he was a welterweight champion. Why not take a welterweight title fight? That would be the most make the most sense. But maybe he's just wanting to take out Bisping to placate fans because obviously Michael Bisping's not the um not the most loved fighter that the UFC has or you know has ever had. No. He might be the, he might be the most disliked fighter I'll ever. Admit, man. The the reason that he wants to fight Michael Bisping is very simple in my opinion. He's a weak champion and GSP thinks he can be a multi-weight champion and and that add that to his resume for when he for his legacy and now we all had rock hold on our pound for pounds and then bisping smoked him though just remember yeah. that. luke Rockhold is not gsp i've seen gsp and the guy hasn't been sitting on the couch eating potato chips either i mean he's still training he beat up captain america so okay well Let's say he he can't make the Bisbank card. Um, I want one good opponent. You know, personally, which opponent would you like to see him fight? Each of you go. Condit. Why? Hendricks. Oh, I'm sorry. I jumped the gun there. I apologize. Why Condit? Yeah. I thought they had a really good fight when they fought before, and I like Condit, and I want to see Condit kick his ass, man. Yeah. Fair. Fair enough. Tony. Big Rig Hendricks. Um, I mean, I feel like I'm channeling Dan with that answer, but I mean that was GSP's last fight. It was um, pretty. I don't want to say controversial, but it was one of those decisions where it's like, really, really, that's that's the winner. You're right. And, I mean, that's that's a smarter move. I just like Condit. Yeah, I mean, I I I Carlos Condit's one of my favorite fighters, but I feel like that's the fight that. Like just the the promos that the UFC does, how how well they are. I mean, can you imagine just the, you know, the 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 talk? That's the fight that I think gets the juices flowing. If they can't do a title fight for GSP, that's the fight. GSP. That was his last fight too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's even better. Mm-hmm. See, I'm completely different. I want to throw him to the fire. I want to throw him to uh, the Wonder Boy, Stephen Thompson. I'd love to see that fight. Um, so Carlos Condit and Johnny Hendricks are just a bunch of scrubs. Is that what you're saying? No, Stephen Thompson's a sleeper, man. No. That guy is is tough. 
No, but I mean, we've seen Condit and we've seen Hendrix both against GSP. And, you know, I'm not, Condit's one of my favorite fighters, but uh, Steven Thompson, 80% takedown defense percentage, probably the best striker in this division. You know, I know Carlos Condit would have something to say about that. Uh, It's 1A and 1B, in my opinion, but still, I mean, it's intriguing to me, but that's just me. Yeah. The thing about the takedown defense is I heard every time that GSP would go into a fight, they'd bring that stat up, and it meant nothing after he got in there. Yeah. He would just he'd do it anyway. So, I mean, I'm I mean, just, I, yeah. I'm just I mean, disagreeing with whatever you say, basically. That's a, I mean, that's a fair <laughs> point. I mean, that's absolutely that's absolutely accurate. I mean, I remember that as well. And, you know, but at the same time, I'd still like to see it just because it's something fresh, it's something new. And, you know, I've seen the, I wouldn't care to see the Condit fight or the Hendrix fight, but, you know, it's, it's something that Let's we've seen. BJ Penn, GSP again. Okay. Oh yeah. my gosh. Let's bring I'm, that one back. I don't want to see an old Hawaiian man get beat up by a slightly younger French Canadian. That's just. I like that, man. That's just, that's so cool. Well, anyway, we've all had our picks and we all said what we think about. Oh, I didn't say, uh. I think GSP would would take Bisping, hmm. but I I will be the standalone guy. Blasphemy, man! I know, I know. But anyway, uh, this this thing with GSP coming back is not a done deal, obviously. And uh, one of the major things that's in the way of it right now is GSP has a contract with Under Armour, where he reportedly makes seven figures a year, and that is a problem with the UFC's current deal with Reebok. He said he's just going to step back and let the lawyers handle it and see what they can work out. But uh, So the Reebok thing, is that's only for during the fight? It's for the fight, and it's for the week up to the fight. They mm-hmm. can't wear anything else other than Reebok apparel. And as you can imagine, Under Armour, being a rival shoe company, doesn't like yeah, that. But they're still sponsoring him. He ain't even fighting right now. I know, but he's doing commercials and and stuff. So and, and why doesn't he just not do a commercial for that week? Well, I, I mean, I, they may work it out, but because, because I bring he, that up. He's 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 sponsored. He's paid to wear their apparel. If he's wearing the rival company's apparel, then they they're going to be like, "What? Are, why are you doing this?" And it just brings up a slippery slope because let's say they work it out where they say, okay, yeah, you can, you know, Under Armour's like, okay, well, you're fine. Or, or Reebok's like, okay, he can wear their stuff during the lead up to the fight, but during the fight, he has to wear Reebok stuff, whatever the case may be. Then that throws into an argument for jo- guys like John Jones and, uh, Anderson Silva, who had deals with Nike that were that whole this whole thing is so stupid, isn't it? It is. That it's like ridiculous. It, it it is. It's it's more money for the UFC and less money for the fighters. And I know Derek, you and Dan talked about it last week, but it's just it's absolutely ridiculous. And it's I mean, like it's a way to screw fighters. Where, what the Adidas does the does NBA jerseys. But Nike or well, Nike. I'm pretty sure it's Adidas. It is Adidas currently, but next year okay. Nike. Okay, but they've it been out. wearing Nike shoes for how long? I mean, if they can work it out, why can't the USC do something like that? I think that's just ridiculous. 
but I won't even get into that whole argument. Oh, it, well, I mean, this Reebok deal just keeps poking its head up, and I'm not saying that to bring it up. Like, I'm just telling, letting everybody know what what is happening. So, you know, with the conflict between Under Armour and Reebok, I can see why this is a problem, but my question to you guys is, can they get something done here? Do you think that Reebok caves a little bit? Do you think Under Armour caves? Or do you think the UFC makes a special stipulation of some kind? Or does this deal just not get done and we never see GSP again? I don't think it gets done. Because I, I don't know why Reebok would cave. They have nothing to gain. I, they, yeah. they have nothing to gain. If, either, if he wears it, they do. But if he doesn't, they don't get anything. So why would they be able to bend? And I, if the UFC signs something, I mean, unless there's some kind of a uh, cliff note in there that gives them some sort of a workaround, I think they're screwed. And then it's like, Sneed said where if it's a completely slippery slope because then there's other fighters like John Jones who, I mean, equally would deserve the same kind of treatment. So I don't yeah. I, I, knowing this now, I don't think it gets done. I don't think so. I mean, he had his he, he lost the contract after or they, they Nike lost, you know, fired him basically after that whole DUI incident. But the Reebok deal was in place before that. And. He had he had a seven figure contract with Nike, so then that gives John Jones, who's easily one of your top two or three most recognizable fighters, an argument like so it's okay for this guy to wear to wear his stuff and not me. And I completely agree with you, Jordan, talking about how Reebok has nothing to gain. Under Armour, I mean, what do they gain? They get unless the UFC just can get some common ground here, there's, there's just, that's going to prevent GSP from returning. Yeah. If, if, if he wears Reebok during the fight, Under Armour gains nothing. Mm -hmm. And if he doesn't, you know, fight at all, then Reebok gains nothing. So no matter what, I don't think it gets done because of that, which is really sad, but I I think, I think it's, I think, there's a possibility, a very small possibility of a of a temporary buyout. Maybe you see Reebok or the UFC um, buy out his contract for 15 days. Or I mean, I think that's a long shot. Um, but really, I think what it comes down to is how bad does GSP want to fight again? Does he want to walk away from seven figures a year and drop his Under Armour contract to come back and fight. I think that's that's what it comes down to. Does GSP walk away from this deal? And if you ask me, I think absolutely not. If it were me, just making seven figures a year from a company like Under Armour and doing um, a few public appearances and a commercial here and there and you know signing some autographs and stuff like that, that's making a million plus a year. Doing that is a lot better than whatever he can make fighting in the UFC it's it's just whether I mean does coming back and, and solidifying his legendary status mean that much to GSP and and that's another thing I think that the, one of the reasons that he that Under Armour is able to market him is because he was so dominant if he comes back and lays an egg or does what Chuck Liddell did it, it would it'll destroy him Good point. I think he left at the right time and I don't know. I don't know if he should come back or not. Well, I mean, the the, the fight fan inside of me um, says that I would love to see him fight again, but 
the realist in me says there's no way I would do it, so it's not fair to ask him to. I mean, it's one of those things. I'm, I I agree with you, Derek. Like I, um, the fight the fight thing is like I'd love to see GSP come back, but then again, the the logical side of me is what does he have to gain? Like, yeah, he that's, that's, like, he, that's it. Like he he wins, he gets a he gets a title, and he's just looked at even more. The only thing he has to gain is is boosting his ego. Because if he comes back and he wins, then maybe he jumps ahead of people on the all time list. But he's already one of the greats of all time, just based off of his record. If he's if he's somebody who's just like you know what, I'm okay where I'm at. I'm okay doing. You know, some movies here and there, and making a bunch of money from sponsors. You know, just just enjoy your retirement from MMA and have a good life owning TriStar Gym or owning part of it. Yeah, I, I think that's all fair points, and and I'm kind of with you guys. I would be surprised if this happens, um, but like I said, I just think it comes down to whether he's fine being one of the greatest of all time or he wants to take a run at the middleweight belt and, and have a second belt on his mantle, you know, to further cement his legacy. I think he becomes, you know, uh, maybe top 10 greatest of all time. And if he comes back and, and beats Bisbing and wins that belt and then drops to welterweight and wins that belt again, I think that cements him at top five, maybe top three of all time. So, yeah, I just think it comes down to how much that actually means to him. But yeah. anyway, moving on from that, uh, this week there's been a report that the UFC has been sold, that Zufa has accepted a bid of $4.2 billion from the WME group. That's part of the, that's a collection of people with too much money. One name that most of you probably will recognize is the Kraft Group. Um, from the Patriots, and you know this is still being denied from the the UFC. They're saying that the sale hasn't taken place, but as from what is being reported, that if this sale has taken place, which I personally believe it has, Dana White has sold his shares, but will stay on as the UFC president in some way. I, I don't know if he will sell his shares and. And they will buy back a smaller percentage or how that's going to work. But it has been reported that Dana White is going to stay on, at least for the time being. Uh, what do you guys think about this this sale? Has it happened or hasn't it happened? And if it has happened, what's the effects on it short and long term? I feel like there's too many reports out there from credible, reliable news sources for it not to be true. Um you know, we've seen that the UFC, they want to be the ones who breaks UFC stories. Obviously, with the Ariel Hawani stuff from a while back, you know, he's the one who broke the Brock Lesnar story, and they got all mad and, and, and butthurt about it because they wanted to be the ones to break the story. So I feel like it's it, it's the sales happen, and I feel like short-term and long-term, this is nothing but good for the UFC because it's no longer going to be a group of three guys who makes the decisions, who, who, who makes the rules. It's going to be an ownership group. And yeah, they're probably going to keep Dana in place because, you know, he's the face of the UFC over, 
every other fighter that's ever been part of the UFC. He is the face. He's honestly probably one of the first, if not definitely the first person people think about when it comes to the UFC. And he hasn't stepped in an octagon to fight in ever. But they're going to keep him in a position of power. But I feel like there's, we're going to see real positive change for us. And that just means, as far as fans go, it's nothing but good. I feel the same way. As long as Dana stays around, I think he's the really the only contributing factor that we really see. I know the Fertitas do uh, a lot of the matchmaking and stuff, but honestly, I mean, I feel like the the matchmaking could have been improved on dramatically. So, if it sells, uh, which I mean, when you hear this much news about something, you have to assume that some of it's true. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and say that it most likely has it's true and it's sold i don't think uh, i'm I'm like tony i think it'll be only good for us so so you you guys are both in agreement that uh dana white is staying on and if he does stay on that's the best thing for the ufc definitely yeah absolutely short and long term yes you see randy couture uh was quoted this week and he disagrees with you guys he really yeah what you know what, Randy Couture, I'll punch him in his old face. And I know I can say that with no fear of repercussion because he does not listen to this podcast. <laughs> I hope he finds it someday in the future. Tony Sneed, Randy Couture, that's Tony Sneed, T-O-N-Y-S-N-E-A-D. And if you call his house and it sounds like a woman, you've got the right place. Shut up. No, and I also, I feel like because... The Fertitas and, and Dana, they are, <clears throat> excuse me, they're, they're, they're great friends. So I feel like with the Fertitas, they may have not, in order to, to not jeopardize their friendship, let Dana just run amok. I feel like because it's going to be more of a corporate structure and Dana's going to have actual people he has to answer to that aren't lifelong friends of his. I feel like, It'll bring Dana's ego in check. So it's either going to be one of two things. It's either going to be that Dana's ego is reeled in or Dana White just goes on a rage fit and quits in the most dramatic fashion of all time because he can't take someone calling him out on his crap. Well, let me let me just say this. Um, yeah, I I said that Randy Couture had a problem with it. Um, it, it's no secret that, that he and Dana White have had run-ins in the past. I'm sure you guys have, uh, or I'm sure you guys remember that. Um, mm -hmm. But let me just read this quote from him real quick. It says, I hear the company that bought, bought it is referring to the UFC, keeping him on as president. If the UFC has a problem right now as a brand, it's an image problem. How they act and how they treat the fighters and the things that they do with their fighters that are in their stable and a lot of that trickles down from him, his attitude, his attitude when he does interviews, his attitude when he deals with the media, his attitude when he deals with the fighters. What do you guys think about that? How do you respond? I don't think he definitely doesn't have the most professionalism um, by any stretch of the imagination. And you keep hearing these reports about like how, I don't know, him and the Fertitas don't treat the fighters as well as they should. So, I mean, I don't know. Once something's been said that many times, you have to kind of start thinking it might be true, right? 
Yeah. I mean, I think that's fair. And one's got a, I don't know how much Randy Couture is around the UFC now, but for, for me, I would think that he's speaking from a personal standpoint and Randy Couture hasn't been around in several years. And just from a fan's perspective, I think the UFC and the way that they treat their fighters has gotten increasingly more harsh and more dramatic. But that that's my opinion. Do you guys think it's the same or do you guys think it's gotten better or worse? I don't know. I mean, some things feel like they've gotten better. Like, uh, you remember when they, they cut John Fitch, everybody was like, wow, that's you know really harsh. I haven't seen him do anything like that, at least that I remember recently. So things like that, I feel like, have gotten better. But then at the same time, like this Reebok thing is just a complete slap in the face to fighters. So Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, if if this Reebok deal keeps GSP from coming back, I, I already have a beef with it, and it's just going to go to a new level. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. We've already discussed that. Um, I feel I feel like because Dan, when Dan is the president, I feel like bringing in some corporate a, a corporate structure to it is is going to I don't know. It's going to take a little bit of the mystique off the UFC. It's no longer going to be I don't just it, it being ran by Dana as, as the president. It feels like. It's it's a one man operation, even though it's clearly not. But it feels that way, and I feel like th- they're going to make their changes. I just hope they don't make it so many changes where it's just like the most rigorous, you know, structured thing. Because part of the fun of the UFC is that it's you know it's kind of out there, and 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 anything can happen basically. I totally agree with that, and. You know, I've heard people say, um, you know, that the UFC needs change and that this this a reported sale could be the change that it that it needs. But I would disagree with that. And the reason that I say that is because this is not being purchased by a fan. This is a financial group. These are people that um, have put their money into this thing and, and they're looking to get it back out. And then some. And then some. I mean, <clears throat> if if it was a fan, you know, a hardcore UFC fan or a collection of fans that that were, you know, hardcore into the sport, I would be more apt to say that we might see some changes um, in the in the near future. But with this being a finance organization, they're just in it to make money, and they're going to stick with what they know works, and they're not going to rock the boat too much. Because they've got $4.2 billion in this. They're not going to risk shaking things up as long as they're making money hand over fist the way that the UFC has done in in the past several years. Um, they're not going to do much, and I think Dana White's going to be there for the long term. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, we've talked enough about Reebok deals and UFC being sold for a while in the last month or so so let's move on to something else let's move on to something a little bit more fun um i discussed with you guys earlier before we came on the podcast what is the best mma movie of all time what is your favorite mma movie so i did a list and um of course you did we love lists (laughs) i love lists like on my phone the websites that are saved 
are like list websites and my work website, Rick McGill's airport, Toyota.com, where you'll find a great deal at, at for any vehicle. Um, <laughs> <That's a plug. laughs> but no, um, I kind of cheated on number five. I put mortal Kombat. Technically it's a mixture of martial arts. So, Hey, as cheesy as it is, I, I still love the movie. He, my number three, or num, sorry, my number four is um, Never Back Down. It's cheesy and high school drama, but it's it's a guilty pleasure movie. You know, that movie, I remember when I watched it, I liked it and everything, but that movie is like the most, it, it's like the blueprint for every movie ever made. Oh, yeah. goes to a new school, likes this girl, her boyfriend's like the baddest dude on the block. He trains all movie and then finally beats him and gets the girl. It's the Karate Kid, but with mixed martial arts and yeah. better looking people. That's all it is. You know, and, I never made that connection until you just said that. And now I'm like, my God, it is the Karate Kid. It's, it's, it's literally the same movie. Yes, it's it's the I don't know why that movie. The people who own the rights to the Karate Kid was never like, huh? Lawsuit because they that's it's the same movie and. One thing that I really love about this movie is, and you guys have probably seen it on Facebook, it's this, um, it's the scene where you got the, the, the kid who's the, the villain and he's fighting at the end, um, one of the other fighters and he's dancing around, flipping, doing all this stuff and the fight starts and he just punches him and the fight's over. Yeah. But that scene has made the rounds on the internet as like, you know, a, a real fight. Oh yeah, I seen one of them that was like Marine. Yeah, versus, yeah. yeah, Marine versus Show Off, and it's like every time I see that, I don't care who it is. If I see it on Facebook, like that's a scene from the movie Never Back Down, you idiot. Yep. But number three is Like Water. It's the Anderson Silver documentary that follows up to the lead up that that is follows him during the lead up to the uh, Chael Sonnen fight, and it's. It's really great because you get to see, you know, you get a lot of insight in Anderson Silva and you see his family and you see how, how when the fight starts or when the, the press begins for the fight, he's just, you know, it's a, it's not a fight. And then Chael keeps disrespecting him and Brazil and he just, Anderson's anger just continues to build. And it's just a really cool documentary if you ever get a chance to check it out. Number two is another Guilty Pleasure, because it's a terrible movie, and it has some of the worst fights ever, but it's awesome. Bloodsport, like, that's my favorite Van Damme movie. It's... You ever watch the uh, Mortal Kombat meets Bloodsport thing? I've never seen that. Go watch that on YouTube. That's I'm, fantastic. I'm going to have to YouTube that. And Bloodsport has my absolute favorite scene in any movie ever. It's Van Damme walks into his mentor's house after he died and he just stares off into space for like 25 minutes having this vivid flashback. And the first time I ever saw this, Dan brought it over to my house and we had so much fun laughing at this movie. But number one is, and it's probably going to be number one on somebody else's list, is Warrior. Warrior is, it's a great story. The MMA is... I mean, it's 
they're, the fights are they're just slugging, punching each other in the face a hundred times, and so it's not super realistic, but it's it's a great movie. It's a great story, great acting. It's definitely the best MMA movie of all time. Uh, just one thing about Bloodsport: um, the irony of Van Dam being in a quote-unquote mixed martial arts movie is awesome because I mean he completely you guys remember when he his career completely tanked when it came out that he got beat up by his bodyguard yeah yeah, yeah. I just think that's hilarious that's just me laughing at it well anyway. that just goes to prove that his martial arts whatever you know he learned in Belgium isn't as good as a New York crazy guy punching you in the face yeah so the splits kick doesn't work in real life Sorry. He's, he's like, hold on, I, I, I will win, but I need chairs to do the splits. No chairs? Okay, I lose. Yeah. I lose. Jordan, what about <laughs> you? What's uh, Do you have a list? or No list, man. No uh, list. I'm not an overachiever. No. Okay, <laughs> what, what, what do you got? Warrior, for sure, yeah. Yeah. That Warriors. movie, I went into it thinking it was one of those where I kind of just sat down and found something on Netflix. It's like, ah. Uh, it's got Tom Hardy in it. That might be pretty good. And it, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, great story. Warrior Just, is is awesome. Like I, I really enjoyed it too. And you know, I made a list up off the cuff when Tony said that he had a list while I was listening. I was making my own list, and I had Warrior on it. And then I was like, "That's too obvious. Like everybody's gonna have Warrior." So I took it off. And yeah, you know, that fair unfair. So. Honorable mention, unfair. Warrior. To be fair, to be fair, Derek, that'd be like if you're making up a list of greatest NBA players and being like, you know what, I'm going to keep Jordan off because everyone's going to have Jordan. That just makes you look like a fool, but continue with your list, which has well, already lost all credibility. It's To my defense, it wasn't <laughs> going to be my number one movie. Okay. So, anyway, uh, just just these first few are the first three uh, are guilty pleasure movies. Number five, it just I enjoy laughing and I love good comedies. So here comes the boom. I enjoy that movie. I don't uh, care. I don't care what anybody thinks. Kevin James has never been in a good comedy. Oh, oh, come on, man! Hitch. But, oh man, <sighs> Hitch was great. The first Grown Ups wasn't so bad. Hitch blows that out of the water. Come on. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Moving on, so you guys quit laughing at me. Number four, Bloodsport. I, totally. I bet I have seen that movie 50 times. My dad uh, let me watch it when I was probably, I'm guessing, seven or eight when I first seen it. Kumate. Kumate. Yeah. I, if I catch it on now, I will watch it, even though it's completely ridiculous and completely unrealistic. I just, for two reasons. One, it's just entertaining. And two, it, it's kind of nostalgic in a way because, you know, I relate it to my childhood and watching it with my dad and stuff. Really quick, there's a podcast that's called How Did This Get Made? And they take, like, really bad movies and they just watch them and make fun of them. And it's it's and they point out plot holes and stuff. They did blood sports. So if you guys, you know, you two or any of our listeners, get if you get a chance – Download that episode. It is hilarious, and if you've seen Bloodsport, it just makes it 
even more funny because you're like, yeah, that is a real dumb scene. What's going on with that? And if you haven't seen it, it's still funny. Yeah, well, maybe maybe there was something else in there and it just got cut out. That was before we had Blu-rays and deleted scenes. Yeah, you never know. Anyway, uh, number three, Never Back Down. I don't care. It's cheesy, but I'll enjoy it. I enjoy the movie. It AKA is, and I enjoy, Karate Kid 1.5. Yeah, and I enjoy The Rock Karate Kid. I mean, believe it or not, I actually enjoy those movies. I'm probably one of five people on the planet that will sit down and watch Karate Kid 3. Oh. Oh. I liked it. You would. Making me sick. Hey, I'll watch, I'll watch the next Karate Kid with uh, Hilary Swank. That I will watch karate, that. That is three. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. It's one and two are Daniel LaRusso. And then three is the next Karate Kid. What? Oh, yeah. Number two is where he goes to Japan, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, see, I'm thinking of Ninja Turtles 3, where they time travel back to Japan. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's a mixed martial arts movie. We didn't even talk about it. Number one. That's that's number one on my list. I'm redoing my list right now. Ninja Turtles 1. You know what? I, I, I'm with you, Derek, because sometimes when I watch the movie Time Cop, I get that confused with Citizen Kane, so I'm, I completely understand, Derek. I, I know, like, it's completely <laughs> different like from me. I get, four I, mutated turtles running around Japan, but... I get every Mark Wahlberg movie mixed up with every other Mark Wahlberg movie. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're kind of the same. He just, he just is like, what are you talking about? I don't, what do you mean? Mark Wahlberg huh? always plays the role of Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> he really does. I don't. He was awesome in um, what's what's that DiCaprio movie where he's in the Boston mob? The Departed. The Departed. Yeah, that's yeah, probably my favorite movie ever made. He was good in that. Um, which, which are continue with your with your list, Rock? Well, I've just got one left, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna give it to a judge's decision whether this is an MMA movie or not. And if it's not, I'm going to stick with Ninja Turtles. Um, Fight Club. I don't think it's an MMA movie. Okay, no, I'll stick with Ninja Turtles. Yeah, then. yeah, I don't think so. I mean, it's a fantastic movie, but it's it's just fighting. It's not... If that's the case, then I'm going to pick Creed as my favorite mixed martial arts movie. Yeah. Well, I, I'll go with Ninja Turtles then. How about that? That's hilarious. Okay, guys, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, anyway, uh, you can find us on Twitter at uh, DLT Pod, and you can find us on Gmail at DLT Podcast at Gmail. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Derek Taylor two three. What's your guys' Twitter? Um, Tony, all one word with an underscore between Tony and all, so I don't look like Tanya LL word. Well, you did, did kind of sound like a woman on the phone. I never use my Twitter, so I need to uh, re reevaluate that. <laughs> well, so note to everybody: don't contact Jordan on Twitter. Um, Just don't contact Jordan. Yeah, okay? <laughs> Jordan. Jordan's a bit of a loner. I'm surprised that we yeah. get him on this podcast. To be honest Just with you, stay out of my life, please. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> guys, that's going to do it for this week. So we'll see you all next week, guys. Keep your hands up. up.
Keep your hands up. See you guys later. See ya.